Coming to you live from the JRE Tobacco Aladino Mobile Studios, it's the Cigar Pulpit. Hello everybody and welcome to another sermon from the Cigar Pulpit. I'm the Bishop of the Bird Nick and it's Ask the Boys time. So on the Zoom, we have Mr. Jonathan of the Cigar Authority. Yeah, baby. And then we also have an extra addition to the Ask the Boys panel here. We have Trey Mac Shipley of JRE Tobacco Aladino Cigars. You said extra. I'm bringing it. I did say extra. Switching the gallery view there for myself because I was only seeing one of you at the time. So anyway, so I guess it's kind of going to be a... Uh, uh, smoker's choice episode. So we'll go around the horn and see what everybody's smoking. So who wants to go first? I got this. Uh, I lit up, uh, cause I was on the, on the call a little early. So I lit up an Aladino Corojo reserve, you know, cause that's, that's my jam. And then cause Trey Max going to be here. I got Aladino in the regular, but the Corona size. Oh, you went for the Aladino since Trey Max here. Okay. Yeah. When in Rome. It's okay. very, nice. it's very nice. So, what have you got? I've got the uh, Aladino Cameroon Elegante, my personal favorite. And uh, for a backup, there I got the new Lounge Edition that just debuted. So, see now, I uh, am the only light. loser not smoking Aladino. I'm a little light right now. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Besides I, in I, the loafers. Well, <laughs> I mean, don't let the hat fool you. <laughs> but anyway, um, I'm actually gonna light up the Davidoff late hour because that's what I grabbed. And uh yeah, it's uh it's it's one of my I don't smoke a lot of Davidoffs. Typically they're just too light for me, but this one in the Nicaragua, they they hit well. That one has so, a little a little more punch. Yeah. Fantastic cigar. I like that. Precisely. So I mean, I could have done the uh candela now that i think about it i do have some more of those at the box the uh aladino candela i could have done that i mean it's literally right there but i'm just gonna i'm gonna let it go I'm, I'm yeah, gonna... if it becomes a three-hour show you got another cigar going there you go um now i want to clear something up here now that we have trey mac on i i want to know how where was the snub that keeps being brought up. I have no recollection of snubbing anybody. Listen, I'm a millennial. I'm a sensitive creature. You know, by nature. And, you know, Nick brought it up on, on the show you were on. Uh, well, Trey Mac did this, that, and that. And you were like, yeah, it's cool. Moving on. You know, that, that was it. That was the snub. That was cool. No big deal. Oh, I thought it was more than that. I was kind of no. hoping that I... No, I mean, that was enough to really make me, you know, think about it a couple nights. Again, I'm a sensitive creature. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, so the last time you were on, Mr. Jonathan, you brought up the fact that it looked like I had a cameraman because my freaking camera keeps moving around. And I'd done a little bit of looking into that. And uh, actually, Nick Gervais got back to me and told me a little bit about it. I guess these new iPads have some sort of dynamic camera that will follow you around. 
Nice. And so that's what that is. The problem is when I don't want it to follow me around, like just a few minutes ago when I was looking down at something, I looked up and it was like panned down slightly. So, you know, that's kind of obnoxious, but technology, See, my, what are you going to do? My camera's, my camera's on a, uh, a little cart so I can put my feet on it and make it follow me around, but it's not real. It's me doing it. Okay. It's kind of, I'm jealous. I don't have any of that. No, oh, you got that cowboy hat though. I can just, I can go. You got whatever like super awesome lighting fixture you have going in there to make it look like you're coming to us from the back room of a strip club. No, oh, I can change these colors. I went a little overboard with the lighting. In this <laughs> One would have been sufficient. I bought three, but you know, go you look big. like if Kenny Chesney and Ron Jeremy had a baby. I like that. I, was, I thought you were going to say Danny McBride, but yes, yeah, kind of the same thing. Uh, awesome. Well, I'm going to get my cigar going, and it's time to cut the cigar, and the official cutting is brought to you by Dan the Man Ponder over there at Riverman Cigar Company, who has uh, the full line of Aladino cigars. He's got all kinds of great cigars over there, uh, in addition to the Aladino cigars. And guys, you know, if you're in the St. Louis area, swing by, check it out. He's got a great lounge. He's got that outdoor area. It's a little hot right now, but, you know, there's some days that are nice enough to sit outside. And, uh, you know, if you're not in the St. Louis area, he can still be your brick and mortar by offering a mail order. You just give him a call and he can prep a uh, shipment of cigars to send out to you right away. So it's Riverman Cigar Company of Crestwood, Missouri. And now I'm going to go ahead and cut my cigar. See, you ask all your people in your audience to do that along with you. and, and Never, never once. I never, I never once asked. I, I thought we clicked earlier. Oh, no. I, I never remember when you do it. I do it there, but like, you know. It's okay. You 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 had yours going beforehand, so that's okay. But anyway. So I'm doing that little trick that uh Greg Free mentioned on Friday's show with me from uh he's from uh Fuerte Libre, where after he cuts a cigar he kinda taps it on the palm of his hand a little bit to get that schmuck you know, the the little extra pieces uh, out. Tobacco dust, yeah. Yeah, I'd never done that before and it's like just a nice little addition to the to the light up routine that Actually, but then what do you works what lot. do you spit out while you're smoking the cigar? Well, theoretically, nothing. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> okay. well, so, Mr. Jonathan's a spitter. We got that now on the record. So, um, so how the hell have you guys been as we're as we're prepping the cigars? How, how's everybody been? It's been busy time. I know for Trey at least. You know, getting ready for PCA. Yeah, his he's coming into his his busy time, and I'm uh, I'm hitting a little bit of a lull because of uh, Father's Day weekend having come and gone. So the dads have their cigars, or they have their gift certificates, and they're coming in and uh, and spending them. But uh, most of them have cigars, and so I'm I'm a, I'm going to have another week and a half of it being a little slower. There you go. I'm a little jealous of that. A little bit. So what's going on with PCA then? What 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 can everybody look forward to from uh, Aladino? Now, PCA? if you would have asked me that, if you would have asked me that this time last week, I'd be like, I can't tell you anything, bro. It's true. But uh, Friday, we all finally got the official word on everything that's happening, and uh, I can get a little jazzed up. Okay. So let me get a little jazzed yeah, up. You're dressed to be jazzed up, so I think it's yeah. appropriate for you to be jazz jazzed hands. Up. Yeah. Yeah. You're- Cowboy jazz hands. Oh, I got it. Yeah, get I your John Travolta on, Trey. 
Uh, hey, um, midnight cowboy, here it goes. <laughs> so it's Pride Month. That works. Anyway. Uh, still, so it still is when Al- this comes out. That works. You're right. <laughs> the Aladino Classic, um, which has been uh, a huge success for us, uh, who still blended that himself, did a great job on that one. Uh, that's actually going to come out in an Elegante. So any Elegante nerds, freaks out there, kind of like myself, uh, if you enjoy the classic, now you'll be able to get that in the Elegante size. Or Lancero for those of us who, you know. Lancero for the, you know, yeah. for the, the common right. folk. Yeah, the common. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I'm super excited about that. And that was kind of a surprise that no one had really talked about. And it was just a, a nice, pleasant surprise. Uh, needed to happen. I'm excited because I already like the classic and I'm an, I'm an Elegante freak. I'm a Lancero freak. So that'll be fun. Um, real fun. If we want to get real crazy, uh, we are going to do a, it's a very limited product, only 600 boxes. Uh, but Julio is putting something out for PCA that's limited and a little cryptic, but it's going to utilize the, the Cameroon that we've been so successful with. Uh, and our Habano, along with another leaf that we have never used before. And that's probably all Husta wants me to say right now. <laughs> so if I'm understanding this correctly, and, and I've had a conversation with Husto, is that the secret leaf that his dad grew? Yes. His dad is, he's a, it, Julio is a, uh, a little bit of an enigma. For starters, he's a collector. Yep. And he's not all that picky about the shit he collects from goats <laughs> to rabbits yeah. to tobacco Guineas. seeds, rolled cigars. Yeah. He's just a fucking pack rat. Eccentric salespeople. The number of times hey! that Husto has said to me, and then I walked into the room and I see this wall of cigars. It's unbelievable. His dad has it hidden. He just does stuff. <laughs> Well, yeah, and in fact, I'll just uh, I'll spill a little bit of the beans. We thought we knew exactly what Julio was going to do for PCA, and we'd been planning for that. And then uh, he pulled an audible with about a month to go and said, actually been working on this that I haven't really told anybody about, and we're going to do 600 boxes of these things. And we were like, what? <laughs> <laughs> but the dude's batting a 1,000, so I'm not going to disagree with the man. Um, especially that lounge cigar that we put out with uh, the first time we, we used uh, Sumatra under the Aladino label. That Sumatra is absolutely fantastic. We're going to do future projects with that this fall. Uh, that's not what is in the limited PCA cigar, but yeah, that's just kind of how it rolls. Like Julio's got all sorts of surprises. I absolutely love it, man. It's great. Perfect. So you've got the the classic Elegante. You've got this limited edition cigar that uh, for those shops that maybe are curious as to how to get that, I guess they need to talk to their rep or broker. Or you talk to you, you know. Yeah, I mean, hit up your, your rep or broker for sure uh, because it's this week. I'm going to start hitting everybody up starting first thing in the morning. Smart. Uh, again, 600 boxes is not very many boxes. They'll be gone real quick. Uh, so those who win the know, we'll get them first. It's so smart of you to go out and preload this. Uh, did they give you samples? 
we won't have samples till we get to PCA. All right, because you you still can build some hype on that and generate some extra sales. I've done the PCA trade show four times, three times as a seller, you know, contracted by a manufacturer to stand in the booth and yeah. close deals. But what a hard job because you just it's it's very similar to retail sales, but you're not talking about trying a single here, trying a single there. You're talking about ten thousand. orders and you've got to really be able to dial in and figure out what kind of retailer you're dealing with. Is this a hobbyist where he wants to hear something like, Oh, there's a new size in the Elegante or is this a businessman that wants to know what the ongoing deal could be if you hit a certain buying threshold and you've got to be able to ascertain that you've got seconds. Yeah. I mean, I mean, to be honest, Jonathan, that's very similar to every time I'm going to a store trying to just sell Aldino in general. I have to, within seconds, be able to figure out, number one, where am I regionally? Because people talk different regionally. They act different regionally. And then, two, like, what kind of store is this? What kind of products can I sell them? And I got to be able to identify that, like, within seconds on the fly of going into an establishment. So, PCA is roughly the same thing. You got a little bit of a heads up, but yeah. And the, the major difference between work and the retail side is that guy's coming in to buy a cigar. He already said yes to cigars. Yeah. When you're a buyer and I've been on both sides, when I'm a buyer, I'm looking for reasons. There's 4,000 booths. I'm looking for reasons to eliminate booths because I can't take on 4,000 new products. For sure. I could take, I could take on maybe 40 sizes period. Yeah. Oh, you've got nine sizes. Okay. That you just took up 25% of my buy for the whole show. You know, we can't, can't do it. Yep. Now, are you going to PCA this year, Jonathan? No, no, no. Dave will be there though. Dave will be there. Right on. It's okay. So you got those two. Anything else that you want to hype up for Aladino here? This is your moment. Well, we will take, um, we will take pre-orders at the show for, the fall limited release, you know, every year in the past, we've done uh, the Reserva uh, Corona size number four is what we called it. Uh, but that's going away this year, possibly next year as well. Uh, we have a new cigar that we want to debut. It's going to be in a Toro size. And that will be our, uh, we, we'll just call it Dark Sumatra. That's what we're calling it right now. But uh, I was part of the blending process and fell in love with it. We used the lighter version of that cigar for our lounges, and when that got debuted last week, I, I'd i kind of forgotten about it um, in the blending process, the light Sumatra, and then we smoked it. I'm like, man, I don't know if Julio tweaked a few things or if just sitting around for that extra five months changed it this much, but that light Sumatra was absolutely fantastic, so now I'm like double pumped for the fall release of the, the dark Sumatra. Perfect. And you'd be, yeah. So, yeah, it, this is the week. Call your retailers, ask them questions because we'll be there. We'll be taking orders. Gotcha. Good this, stuff. Is, this is good. Okay. So, we have some fun things from Aladino to look forward to at PCA. I like that. So, now that we've got the business out of the way, let's go ahead and jump in to ask the boys because we have a number of calls. Shall we play? You talking to me? I have a question for you. You gotta ask me nicely. Ask me about my wiener! You got a question? 
You asked the eight ball. Come on, sucker. Let's get it on. All right, guys. So it's that time of the month where we answer listener questions, concerns, calls, suggestions, whatever they happen to be. And uh, if you didn't get your call in for this month, there's always next month. You can give us a call at the hotline at area code 863-874-0000. And um, we're going to go ahead and get to the first call here. Uh, I'd like this call to stay anonymous. I just want to know why Mr. Jonathan looks so damn handsome on Twitter when he's smoking that Aladino Corojo Reserve. You dig? <laughs> well, thank you, uh, Mr. Anonymous. Anonymous. Very nice. That was very nice of you to say that. I'll say it again. It It is Pride Month, so it makes sense. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, uh, for those of you who are listening to the audio side of things, uh, I'm going to be switching buttons on the mixer board quite a bit, so... Uh, this is going to be one of those episodes where there's quite a bit of video only content. And so this is going to be the first part, part, point, point, whatever, where I switch, uh, switch them out. So we'll, if you're listening on the audio side, you're going to hear like a split second and then we'll be right back. But video side, you get a little exclusive right now. So, all right, guys. Yeah, we're apparently sharing embarrassing stories in the uh, video-only segment there. So uh, if you don't check out the YouTube, but this might be a good episode to do so. All right. Well, I just can't believe that you're not itching right now. That was some horrific yeah. shit. Yeah. <laughs> you should be on YouTube. I mean, come on. Do, do you have salve? I, you know, it's like a lotion, you know. You 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 know all about. Is the it lotion. hidden in a lighter? It's hidden in a uh, canteen. It's like in the bill nice. of my. Yeah, exactly. All right, <laughs> next call here. Hey Nick. Um. So this is Clay, by the way. Um. I have a bone to pick with you and Noah. So when Noah co-hosted, and you did the fight game. Look, man. I know you're a Star Trek guy. You don't like Star Wars as much, and all this stuff. I'm a Star Wars guy. I kind of feel the opposite about Star Trek. It's not horrible. It's just not my thing. But, dude, all the abilities, especially in the most recent movies of Force powers, even if you go back to the original Star Wars, the effect of mind control on your opponent is huge. So, if a snake with force powers were fighting a steel Martha Stewart, then the snake's going to win because he can mind control Martha Stewart to walk her ass into a forgery or a foundry, just like in Terminator 2, and make her take a swan dive into one of those big molten pits of hot metal. And then that's the end. Snake wins, hands down, man. So that's my opinion on that. Um, <laughs> And uh, stay safe, stay smoky, keep up the good work, um, and uh, talk to you all next time. Bye. All right. I, I got two things to say about this. Okay. Number number one, the bit is called Ask the Boys, Not Tell the Boys. <laughs> number two, well, you know. I demand that you give me your lunch money right now, <laughs> and I want you to pull your underwear up over the back of your head. That was painful to listen to. So I know what he's talking about. We do that bit super fight on here, and it's you. You have two, you know, fighters, and they have a number of uh, 
specific characteristics. And in this case, you had a snake with force powers versus Martha Stewart, who could turn herself into into steel. And I contended that Martha Stewart would win because ultimately she would stomp the snake. You know, she'd somehow find a way to get and stomp the snake. And uh, he, I mean, you heard his his contention. Yeah, I can't believe you just made me relive that thing a third time. Well, I'm sure Trey has a number of thoughts on this. I'd fuck Martha. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 yeah. no, no. Like, as it is right now, who in the world had on their 2023 bingo card that at 80-something years old, you would totally have sex with Martha Stewart? Oh, I would have tagged Betty White on her 99th birthday. What about B. Arthur? She's a little scary. Younger, younger B was real nice though. She was a Marine. Younger B was good. She drove a truck or something for the Marines, and like she, yeah, she was a Marine. She knows a few things about snakes. She's probably got a bigger dick than all three of us, quite frankly. Well, not anymore, but you know. Yeah, rigor mortis <laughs> is a motherfucker. <laughs> it's anyway. nature's little blue pill. Mm. <laughs> All right, All we're right. we're gonna move on. We're moving on. What's up, Nick? What's up, Mister Johnson? Hope you guys are well. Uh, Nick, happy belated Father's Day! And so much respect for you for spending as much time as you can with your son. I'm a father myself, so I know uh, having to be able to spend time with my kids and also enjoy a good cigar is a little bit hard. So, uh, respect for you for that, my brother, for trying to do your best. Mister um, J, serious question for you: I have a Wyneter humidor, W H Y N T E R uh, humidor. Um, the 300 count humidor that holds, uh, well, obviously 300 cigars. Um, the percentage on my humidor, for some reason, when I plug it in, is not staying where I want it. It goes up to like 80, 85, which is dangerously high for my cigars. I want to stay between 68 to 70%. Um, but for some reason, the temperature on the control only goes up to 65. I've seasoned it, I've cleaned it out, I've let it sit for 72 hours, made sure the humidity was staying, uh, uh, where I wanted it, but as soon as I put the cigars in it, it goes up higher. Um, what can I do? I've moved it all around the house to find a perfect spot for it. Um, finally found one, but still it stays around 77, 78%. Um, I've got to wind up unplugging it and opening the door um, and keeping it uh, somewhat low where I want it. Um, I've done the Bobita packs. I've done the gels. I've done the distilled water. I've done everything I can, but for some reason, when I plug it in, it goes up. What can I do? Any ideas? Uh, this was a Christmas gift two years ago, so it's not like I can take it back. Um, what do you got for me, buddy? Uh, hope you guys are well. Talk to you guys soon. And uh, stay smoky. Oh, by the way, I am smoking the Above and Beyond by uh, Blanco Cigars. If you guys haven't tried these, it's absolutely amazing. Um, I've got the Blanco 9. I'll be smoking here next. Um, but, uh, yeah, stay smoky, guys. Talk to you soon. Bye. So those uh, those units are notorious for spiking the humidity and shooting for 68 or 70 is actually too high as well. What you want to do is reverse that seasoning that you did. Open the door, get a fan on it and get as much moisture out of any of the wood that's in that humidor as you possibly can. And then get a reading with the door closed where where you're at. You want to be. If you can do it, you want to be at like 60% or even lower. 55 would be ideal before you put the cigars in. When you put the cigars in, you're taking up extra airspace 
and the cigars are also going to impart some moisture into the air. It's going to go a couple of days. It might spike a bit, but do not put any humidification in there whatsoever until everything settles. And it can take a week. If it goes, if it's up at night and it's still up in the morning, pull your cigars and and you're going to have to start again. The problem with chilling air is the lower the air temperature goes, the higher the relative humidity gets until you hit dew point. And then it actually comes out of the air like it's been squeezed out of a sponge. So um, you did the right thing by raising the temperature a bit. Keep that as high as the temperature will allow. It sounds like 65 and just get that wood as dry as you can with a fan or uh, if you have access to those decadent packs that you see in sneakers, you can throw some of those in there to help absorb some extra moisture and just suck the moisture out of that unit and then put your cigars in. And I, and I, I would caution anybody with any humidor, stay off the internet. Do not wipe wood down with water ever do not put moisture packs that are above 65 percent in the humidor ever you want to be between 55 and 65 70 is a myth propagated by people that sell propylene glycol it's too high for cigars okay i'm off my soapbox couldn't agree more but i got another question for you mr jonathan you used any of the uh, the beads, like the heartfelt beads out of Nevada, that they do a pretty good job of sucking up moisture as well. I like those. I have not played around with the beads. I use the Cigar Oasis in one of my humidors, and I have a Hydra in another humidor. Uh, and they both they work off of a fan and a baffle system. So when the fan shuts off, the baffle closes. It doesn't release moisture. Yeah. Uh, and also a trick that I discovered uh, in having a conversation with one of the manufacturers, it might have been Nelson, it might have been Husto, but I think it was Nelson. Vinegar is used in close proximity to tobacco all the time during the processing or a derivative thereof. So it is safe to put a cap full of vinegar in your electronic humidifier to alter the pH of the water so that you don't get the scummy buildup on the bottom. Yep. That's the only thing that I do different. I don't even put the beads in it because. My humidors are so big, they're not being moved around. I don't have to worry about stuff sloshing. So I just I just run it with the, um, I use filtered water, reverse osmosis filtered water, and I got, I got no problems. Yeah, I've got one. And of I those. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I run mine at, uh, my unit kicks on in the big humidor at 58, and it shuts off at 60. So, and I have well over $10,000 worth of stuff in there. Yeah. And my cigar smoke perfect. Yeah, I've got one of the Cigar Oasis in my um, unit, and uh, I keep it set at like sixty-two. So, but yeah, it's I, yeah. I, the difference I between it. fifty-eight and sixty-two is going to be personal preference. Yeah, you're going to have a slightly drier smoke that won't go out on you as much on a lower humidity, and you'll have one that has a a more firm draw at a higher humidity, and you're going to find where you want to be, and you just set your cigars at that. Sounds good. All right. That was, ta, 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 that was, what one was that? That Okay. That was three. Okay. All right. I'm trying to keep my buttons straight here. So moving on to the next call. Hey, what's up, Nick and Mr. J. It's Bear again. No humor or question, but I do have another very, 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 very serious question from Mr. Jonathan. I don't know why I sound like I'm from Brooklyn there for a second. Anyway, 
what the fuck is up with the Aladino commercial? You guys are killing it. I never not wanted to listen to the show. But when you guys get to that segment, I throw my headphones on the ground. I'm done. I can't listen to that shit. Like one week, you guys do it. Okay, it's cute. Pass it on. Then the next week, you play the Aladino's actual commercial. And then the next week, you play the commercial that you and Dave Garofalo sung, but with no fucking music. You guys sound like nails on a chalkboard, like a monkey fucking an ape kind of thing. I, it was horrible. And then last week, Mr. J, you weren't there. I don't know what the fucking music was in the background, but you, oh my God. I, oh, Jesus, fuck my Christ. I don't, please don't do that again. Please just kill that song, kill that commercial. Put the other commercial that you guys actually recorded um, with the guys from Aladino. It'd be great because holy shit, man. Anyway, <laughs> stay smoky. Talk to you soon. Bye. He has opinions. I love that. Uh, so I actually love that he has such a visual reaction. Uh, that's what a commercial is supposed to do. Yes. Number one. Number yes. two. Everybody is talking about that commercial. We have 23 advertisers. And that's the commercial everyone's talking about. <laughs> Aladino's getting a lot of play out of this, and that's what you want to do for your advertiser, especially when you change up a commercial. Number three, YouTube hit us with a warning because we used a karaoke version that we did not have permission to use in the background. <laughs> oh, my God. And for the record, I told Dave and Ed Sullivan told Dave, you can't use karaoke versions because you don't have the licensing. So you got to hire a musician to play the song. And even then the algorithm may pick it up, but yeah. you got a better shot where it's not going to be in the Shazam uh, AI yeah. mind. So it's a new version, but so that's where the music came out that week. And it was just us singing acapella. Horrible. <laughs> Horrible. <laughs> and then I tagged my brother in, I sent him the audio of us singing acapella and he found the karaoke version that we used, put it in his headphones and played along with the guitar and then did 17 takes with a kazoo and just had fun with it and made that version. And it's terrible, but I'm selling more Aladinos than I ever have. It's genius. It's absolutely genius. I have had more people send me messages saying they can't get that damn song out of their head. Than ever before, and I'm like, that's 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 why that commercial is the way it is. Don't change it; it's the shit. There's a store in upstate New York that's play. They cut the audio out, and they're playing that in the background <laughs> of their reel on Instagram. They're playing <laughs> oh our god. commercial. Oh my god! It's I love it. Fucking awesome! <laughs> it's a great idea. Great idea. We probably uh, because Husto is probably a little bit more conservative than than how we're playing it. He's probably going to force us to use the commercial that he recorded. Which will be fine, but, but if we at can that put that off as long as possible, I'm trying. I am trying. I every time we we have a meeting or what are we going to do with the commercials? I'm like, let's do it one more week and see what happens. Yes, let's see if Husto pulls the trigger. I I love how we get a hater phone call when you're wearing that hat that says you love haters. I love them. Listen, <laughs> the people the people that don't like something, their opinion matters to me. It doesn't mean I'm going to change any more than. I'm going to stay the same when someone says they like something. Other people's opinions of what I'm doing or what we're doing on the show, and, and Nick, in your case, what you're doing on your show, it, it doesn't matter. I'm doing the show I'm going to do. I'm the guy that I am in the moment that I'm that guy. Someone's opinion, good or bad, isn't going to change. 
but I love that someone cares enough to hate something. Yeah. That's, that's what the, I love haters thing is about. You care enough that you not only hate it, but you're going to voice your opinion. And I just love that. Yeah. That's why I read all the bad emails. They go to the top of the pile. Uh, no, I, I, you know, I agree. And I think you played the one that Husto recorded on, what was it on an after show? Did you do I that? I think on? so. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah that was the after show. Stick, stick yeah. with the musical one. <laughs> no offense to Husto. Stick with the musical one. Cause uh, if we could do yeah. like a collaboration. If everybody could like keep all their like hated emails. And at the end of the year, we could do like a haters ball, you know, kind of like Chappelle did. And we just read all the hate and just bring it out. That'd be beautiful. Oh, that's not the direction I thought you were going. I thought like everybody sings a line from the song and we cut it all together. <laughs> and that becomes no, 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 no. Treat this like the what? We are the world. And we could like just you could like have everybody come in and then at the, all at the end. We're just all jamming. We're just like Corojo, Aladino Corojo, you know, Corojo. and just like. You just get everybody all in like a get. Oh my god! You even need to do a video version of this where you have like the risers and we're all standing there and you know Trey could pretend to be like you know uh, Stevie Wonder with the glasses there and just kind of bob yeah. his head around. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, all right. I'm actually jealous of his glasses because I I use a DJ spotlight because my basement's dark in the spot where my studio setup is. I got lights on either side of me. So I set up my DJ spotlight to shine on me. If I had sunglasses right now, I'd be able to see the screen. No, I swear to God, there was a time where like people were sending me messages on the shows I go on, like, are you just wearing glasses to be cool? And I'm like, this spotlight right in front of me, I can't see shit. <laughs> I don't have glasses. I can't see nothing. Gotta okay. have them. All right. Well, we're going to go video only for another split second here so I can load up more calls. So if you're all listening to the audio, you're about to miss something. Well, we're back to the audio. and uh, I just can't believe his foreskin yeah. could hold that much. <laughs> I, I mean. Jonathan, tell me you've never used a lambskin condom. It's just an ungodly amount of weight. <laughs> all right. Next call here. Yeah, this is Noah. Um, I have a tobacco question for Mr. Jonathan. Let's say, theoretically, you won a contest oh, where you were promised cigars and your <laughs> dear friend reassured you that they would be in the mail. How long do you wait until you give up hope to receive these cigars? Waiting to hear uh, your answer. The standard amount of time is uh, five years. Oh, thank uh, God. I'm in the window. Up, <laughs> before you give up hope. Um, that doesn't mean that they're going to come, but you should still hope and you should still wish and you should still definitely uh, call into your, I'm going to put it in quote, air quotes, your friend's show and just keep reminding them that they owe you said cigars from winning a uh, your contest. Look, he's going to be at Pulpit Fest, so either I get him sent or I hand them to him directly. Either which way, he's going to get them. No, cigars. that's a smart play, too, because then you can forget them there, too, and it, it, this can keep going. <laughs> either which way, he's going to get the cigars, one way or the other. Sorry, Noah. Sorry. Sorry. Anyway. <laughs> All right. He's called in at, like, every Ask the Boys. So yeah, I'm, sure. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit behind on mail. So, anyway, 
Not, I'm not good at the mail. Not good at the mail. You have a shitty Ted Kaczynski, bro. <laughs> you know, it's funny you bring him up. I have just been, I have been marathoning a podcast. Um, what is it called here? Real quick, I'm going to bring this up because you just decided called Project Unibomb. And I'm on the last episode right now, and it talks all about the relationship between Ted and his brother and all this. Did you know his brother lived in a fucking hole in the desert for like a number of years? And yet they didn't like each other. Well, no, apparently they were pretty close for a while, but then they did they did drift apart. But yeah, his brother basically built himself a 10 foot long by four foot deep hole in the desert and lived in that for a number of years. You could stay cool in that. Did he? Did he have a roof? Uh, he had to have some sort of roof, I would imagine. But the thing is, you're but you're you're at the right point that you know the desert getting cold in the in the evening and and warm during the day. It kind of regulated the temperature. But I just find it funny that Ted's living in a, a shack up in my, uh, the the woods, and his brother's living in a in a hole in the te- uh, Texas desert. It's like, what did these parents do to these kids? You know, it's just. Oh, no, no, no. What did MK Ultra do to Ted? Stop it right there. The government did it. <laughs> Every time this comes up, I get all pissed off and I got to. MK Ultra did that shit. They did do I'm something with, to I'm, him. I'm with Trey Mack on that. Uh, <laughs> I was, I had a buddy that just went up to Alaska and apparently in Alaska, you can make a request for land. You get like five to 25 acres and you build a cabin they give you a certain amount of time to build a cabin and you live there for five years and you can have this land for free and he said on one of their hikes the other thing is you can't lock the cabin when you're not there because you know if you if you leave go on vacation or you're that becomes your vacation home afterwards the cabin has to be unlocked and it be it's this community of hikers and hunters when you come across a cabin, you can go into the cabin, you can make food, and you leave food behind for the next person. It's this whole culture. He goes, if you ever had to get off the grid, that's the fucking place to go. You figure out your your route to get the cabins, and you've got a place to stay all the time, and you can eat, and off the grid. Huh. Sounds awesome, but... I know what people do when they're alone. <laughs> it involves sheep. Uh, anyway, if you're only lucky. only if you have sheep. If you're lucky, that's yeah, true. You may have Asking sold. sheep are hard to come by. You may have sold them, you know, but know. not in. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Okay, next next call. Next call. Hey y'all, it's Clay. Um, Wanted to submit a couple questions for Mr. Jonathan to get his take on uh, things. Um, I typically listen to Cigar Authority, so I've heard him kind of touch on some of these uh, topics before, but kind of wanted, you know, to kind of ask specifically about issues that I've encountered, you know, uh, not super often, but regularly enough. So um, wanted to ask him... uh, both are construction issue um, topics. The first one is um, what what exactly causes a cigar to burn, but the draw is not tight, but there is no smoke coming through the cigar itself into your mouth when you take a draw, and you have to like rip on it like 
three really hard pops and you finally get a decent draw every single time you you draw i've noticed with cigars like that that there's not a specific blockage there's not a knot what a lot of people call a knot which is a hard space uh somewhere in the cigar it doesn't seem to be um uh cap or foot related um it's just weird it's weird how a cigar can burn and there is some airflow but there is no smoke coming through it and it happens you know with lots of different brands um so i don't notice any specific size shape or brand that does it It just seems to happen so wondering uh what the cause of that is typically and if there's any way to correct it my other topic uh, or question i should say is regarding mouse holes so mouse holes are a super pain in the ass uh, especially when they go all the way through the cigar um, we all know what a sucky uh, smoking experience that is and um, i was just wondering when you recognize that there's a mouse hole and it seems to be going completely through the cigar if there's any way to address that or fix that. So, um, and I guess that's it. I just wondered, you know, if Mr. Jonathan could, you know, speak a little bit to uh, both those construction issues. I do want to say that I, I love it when y'all team up. I um, think it's great when uh, Mr. Jonathan's on the show. Um, definitely would love to see y'all do more of this. And, uh, appreciate the knowledge and experience and um, yeah so y'all stay safe and stay smoky talk to you later bye uh the mouse hole issue is because when the rollers book the tobacco a less experienced roller can either double stack uh low priming tobacco which has higher combustion or if there's a fold in a specific spot that the, where there shouldn't be, and you have a double up of low priming tobacco, which is high combustible. Uh, that part continues to burn because it has its own oxygen supply and it burns until it finds its way out. So if the mouse hole is kind of close to where the burn is, you can often cut that with your cutter and relight it and be okay. The f- if, it, if it goes way up the cigar or you just get this tunnel and you're getting an like unbelievably open draw and no smoke production, throw it out, start over with a new one. Uh, that's th- There are some companies that have had trouble, mostly in the Dominican Republic, with getting their rollers back after COVID, and most of them have opened rolling schools, and most of them have uh, very inexperienced rollers, and there's even been some talk of alleged things like fires and so forth. I'm not mentioning anybody's name, but there are stories being formulated to cover up the simple fact that cigar companies that have been known for having great construction for the years and years and years they've been in business have rookie rollers and the construction has been terrible. So there's that. Obviously you spend a little bit more money on your cigars and that'll happen less because more expensive cigars, they can afford to pay the rollers more and get more experienced rollers. The first question he had about you, you've got a suspect draw and not a lot of smoke production, that can be the opposite problem. That can be double-stacked Lajero that will hold moisture longer and not get good combustion going. 
It can also be a small twist in the bunch if the roller's not using what's called a Lieberman press, which means they book the tobacco, they fold it properly, and they have their their stacks of tobacco the way they should be. When they use a Lieberman press, it is a piece of leather that they can just press a lever and they can roll it into the binder. And you end up with a more consistent draw that way. When it's done the old-fashioned way completely by hand, the roller has to be super careful when getting that binder on that the bunch doesn't twist. If the bunch twists, you're not going to get a detectable knot per se, but you're going to have an obstructed airway. And it's such an easy thing to do that there is, uh, has been a rumor for the last decade that 50% of Cuban cigars don't draw because the rollers are attempting to essentially have a coup from within to ruin the smoking experience so people don't want to buy Cuban cigars anymore because they're unhappy. Now that they have some internet and they can see what's going on in the world, they're they're unhappy that all this money's being made on these cigars and they're making 22 bucks a month. Huh. That's an interesting rumor. Well, yeah, I can't divulge my source on that rumor, but uh it's inside. I will say going back to the mouse holes thing, I have noticed I noticed it really really bad during the height of COVID. Um that there was a lot of that going on and um it seems to have kind of cropped back up a little bit here lately. No like specific company that I can necessarily name Ooh. off the top of my head, but uh but man, it's obnoxious when it does happen cuz Yeah, you know, right at the right at the height of COVID you had rookie rollers in their first couple of months of rolling and they just didn't have enough experience and the 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 company needs to make cigars to survive. Mm-hmm. So everything was rushed. Uh I know of several companies in Nicaragua that had always prided themselves on 90 days of post-roll aging and it was the information was getting down to the rep level cuz I'm smoking the cigar with the rep doing an event no principal owner or anything and saying this, these cigars are young you get to halfway and it tastes like a litter box. And the guy's like, yeah, uh, they're rolling them after they're shipping them after uh, 30 days. The cigars just, just barely crossing out of its sick period, barely at 30 days. And the hope is that it's going to take long enough to get to the retailers, but if you can get a container to clear customs, it's getting to the retailer within 10 days once it clears. Yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, Husto's down there finding stuff that Julio rolled eight, nine, ten years ago. Right. And uh, it's like, yeah, whatever. We'll do something with that. Listen, there's a reason why I smoke Corojo Reserve every day. It's because there's no ammonia. I smoke everything that comes into the store, but you very it's very rare that you see me smoke multiples of anything else during the day. And I'll smoke two of these a day because it's just a guarantee. All right. Trey, anything to add to that? Or are we moving on to the next call? No, it's spot on. I think everything was said needed to be said. All right, then next call here. Hey y'all, it's Clay. Um, wanted to submit a couple questions for Mr. Jonathan. Oh shit. That's the one I already played. uh, Things. Hey y'all, it's Clay. Oh no, um, a busy man. There. I don't know if I. Uh, for I, don't, I don't think I can stop that. On, so we're just going to talk uh, while that plays. Um, and fair I enough. Yeah. So anyway, so what's ever? Let's go around the horn and talk about the cigars. So 
you know, what's uh, everybody before, thinking but on their cigars? Wanted, you know, to I'm at the absolute sweet spot of I've encountered Aladino a, Corolla you know, Reserve. Uh, when you get down to the last often, inch and a half, regularly enough, it gets so, so fucking wanted to ask him, good. Um, it, um, past the, there's no more strength um, in the cigar. It's not. It's not the first one. The, is, the, the first um, third what, what exactly is sometimes you can feel your fillings. It's so strong to burn, and then you get to the end. The draw. You got some tar built up in there. You've got some tight, added flavors, and it just there is for me no and my palate. It just hits so good. I can spend forty minutes on the last inch and a half. And you have to like even if it took like, me three really hard forty minutes just to get, get there. This is where I, what I savor. You draw. I've noticed with cigars like that too. that there's so not that. a specific blockage. There's not a knot. And your, uh, a lot of people call your camera it knot, in there? Which is a well, hard the, I mean, it's, I'm kind of uh, cheating. I mean, in this is literally it doesn't seem to be, my favorite. Um, uh, Cameroon, uh, for me, is always uh, a love-or-hate um, relationship. It's just weird. I look at it's everything weird how the market. a cigar can burn. And love it or hate, there's really no in-between. There is no smoke. So when we were coming out with Cameroon, I was like, oh, hope you love it. Um, and I was like, I'm so pretty sure I don't well, I love everything Julio does, but I was still nervous. And then the first one I had was uh, Robusto, and then uh, what the cause of that is? The, we had the Lonsdale, and, and then we finally came with the Elegante, it. and that's where I get my other the best topic, mixture of that uh, natural sweetness plus those uh, those so those kitchen spices. I get nutmeg and dried fruits. That's that's kind of what I get out of it, and I really like that combination. Spot on. That's, that I mean, I can't say too much um, more. I was just wondering. The Lonsdale is great. The Elegante is even more up my alley. So I find with the, the regular line, any way the, the one I smoke all the time is the Corona. And um, I was bouncing around and, and I guess that's it. grabbing the Robusto wondered, and grabbing the you know, Robusto and smoking the Corona. And I had some extra time. I had like an hour and a half to kill it. I do want to say that I love it. I grabbed the Toro. Of the regular um, line, Aladino, when, uh, and on the that's show. the cigar that Dave uh, had handed me when he had to admit to me that and, he took uh, on Aladino. We were in a buy freeze. This was right around uh, Thanksgiving, yeah. and so the cigars were shipping smoking. to us. And I'm just like cursing him up and down for being a pussy and taking on the brand just because Justo's his friend. And you know, you this is why you can't be a buyer anymore. We got to have <laughs> somebody else talking. And he's like, well, you just smoked the cigar. And I lit it up and I'm like, when do they come? And he goes, that's exactly what I said. <laughs> and I just, I just don't gravitate toward Toros, but there's something special about that ring gauge and that length and whatever they're doing with the blend, the Toro in the regular line yeah. is fucking phenomenal. Now, it really is. Why is that that you don't gravitate towards Toros? Because I've talked to some retailers, and some of them have said that they really like Robustos in the smaller sizes because, you know, over the course of a day, they smoke so many cigars that they like them to be shorter and they can get through more. Is that kind of it? Or Yeah, that, that's exactly it. I'm, a, I'm not just smoking cigars. I try to smoke through the cases because I'm also checking to make sure that my guys are properly humidifying the cigars uh, that things are not being bleached out. So I try to be in the cases every day and move around from case to case and smoke different wrappers. I'm not a big Connecticut fan, but I will smoke a Connecticut a couple of times a month to just make sure that that case isn't being overhumidified because the Connecticut's are the ones that you're going to see it on. So I, I go Robusto because I can bang through a Robusto most of the time in 45 minutes. So now I can hit 
five or six cases in a day. And in the course of a week, I've checked all of the cases and all of the humidity therein. You know, going back to what you said about not being much of a Connecticut guy, I'm not really either. But when Dave's out of PCA, you need to have him swing by the uh, Fuerte Libre booth and get you yes, one of those yes. get you one of those Sun Country in the Corona size because that's what I smoked with uh, Greg on the last show or a couple shows back and uh, lights out, man. I mean, absolutely lights out. Great cigar. Nice. So there's nothing like it on the market. Nothing. So. Trey, are you a are you a broker or are you an in-house rep? I was the the first in-house rep Aladino hired. So I get pulled into all sorts of stuff. It's good. Which is fun. It's it's humbling and it's exciting and uh I don't have a normal job. We'll just put it that way. But our Aladino rep his name is Edgar and he yeah. is um he's a broker. But man, and he he, he has a lot of brands. But he always makes sure that he has Aladinos when he comes in for samples. And we could try anything that he has. He's got trunk stock from everybody. But he always makes sure he brings Aladinos. He's, he's a, a good ambassador for the brand, as are you. Yeah, Edgar's a great guy. Uh, he's been in the game a long time. He's seen fads come and go. But he's a good dude. I love the guy to death. He's a wealth of knowledge, too. If you ever have a question about a brand, he can tell you, the owner of the brand and what the guy liked to drink and yeah. what the idea was behind the blend, especially if he ever carried it. Oh, wealth yeah. of knowledge. Edgar's great. Well, very good. Well, let's move on to the next call here. Oh, I hope he hits the wrong button again. Hey guys, it's there. One more question for you. Hey, Nick, are you going to be coming to Ebor city for heritage fest uh, in December down here in Florida? Love to hang out with you, buy you a drink, smoke a cigar with you, bullshit with you. I know you're going to be busy. Um, if you've got the time, that is, again. Mr. J, you're going to come. You should come down. It's an awesome fucking time. It's Florida. It's not New Hampshire. And be, I tell you one thing, the temperatures will still be in the 80s, not probably like in the 50s up there with you guys. Anyway, let me know. Love to hang out with you, buy you a drink. Uh, talk to you guys soon. Later. Heritage Festival in Ebor is that first Sunday of December, I believe. I will have already left that area. My sister lives in Largo, Florida, and I got invited back to uh, National Living Legends of Dance uh, to DJ and teach for them. So that is the second weekend in November. So I took the week off beforehand. I'll go and hang out with my sister and then do the um, do the event and then fly home. So I will be down there that uh Second week in uh, in November, the the week the second the week that is before the second weekend. I think it's the tenth and eleventh is the uh, the National Living Legends event. Yeah, I'll be down in Palm Coast, Florida, I believe, in mid October for an event over at uh, Ashes and Ale um, oh, with Ken's uh, place. Yeah, Ken's place with uh, yeah. Mickey Peg. So, um, you got your challenge going. I'm gonna bring it. You better believe it. <laughs> because uh, rumor has it that he's worse than Nick Perdomo about having it. Really? Yeah. Okay. Nick gave out a lot of fucking cigars. He was bullshit. Well, I don't. Okay, you know, peek behind the curtain here for a moment. All these manufacturers should be bad about having their coin because it's a great way to like, you know, get people to try the product and all that kind of thing. But, um, but they're yeah. they're all Type A personalities, so they want to win. 
They want to win. <laughs> and it's listen, Nick, Nick is a, an extremely generous guy. Uh, when I went down to Nicaragua and toured his facility, uh, he said to everybody, you know, he kind of pulled everybody at the beginning and said, you know, how many cigars do you smoke a day? And guys were saying one, two, four. I'm like eight. <laughs> and he's like, eight. What? I'm like, yeah, that's, you know, I work in the store, so I, I smoke all day. And uh, he said, all right, the reason I'm asking is uh, I noticed that there's a lot of gluttony when people come on the tours. If you normally smoke one or two cigars a day, maybe you bump it up to four. Uh, you're going to, everyone's going to have plenty of cigars. You don't have to worry about running out of cigars. You'll have a cigar for in the morning. Uh, we're going to give you plenty of cigars every day, but don't be a pig. Just try to stick to what you normally smoke. So I went down to four while I was down there. <laughs> so, so you actually, okay. So you took your average down in order to not be a pig. Well, I just don't, you didn't want to, there's be a rude. lot of, there's a lot of pressure when you're representing Dave on a trip. Oh, I can. So imagine. you just have to do the right thing. I think I told you the story about, um, I was visiting my sister down in Florida and we went to a cigar store and, uh, it's Corona in Florida. Mm -hmm. So we walk in and we sit down and I say to her, you order the scotch and I'll go get the cigars. And I was looking for a specific Byron that I knew they had that I had run out of in my store and I hadn't smoked in a while. And I wanted to smoke a Byron on my vacation. So I'm walking around and this dude comes from around the counter and he's looking at me hard and I'm like, shit, he thinks I'm stealing. I got, I got a sport coat on pocket square. I'm looking good. We had just come from dinner. My sister bought a $500 package for the two of us to have sushi where you don't get to order. You sit down and the chef makes you what he makes you and you eat it. It was, um, it was amazing. So we're, we're nightcapping after that. And this dude's looking at me fucking hard. And so I put my hands up because I cannot afford to have an incident in a cigar store working for two guys smoke shop. So my hands are up and I'm walking sideways up and down the aisles because their whole building is humidified looking for the buyer. And I find it. I get two cigars out. I hold the cigars above my head. I walk up to the counter. He comes around to the back of the counter and he goes, it is you. I go, what? He goes, you're Mr. Jonathan from the cigar. Authority. <laughs> I'm Mark. And I'm like, I, I was on Facebook then. I recognized him at that point. And I'm like, oh my God, I fucking thought you thought I was stealing. He goes, I was wondering why you were walking around with your hands up. I'm, he goes, I understand now. I get it. That's awesome. Uh, well, I guess we could have used that for your embarrassing story, but you know, you, you burned it. So there we go. Um, but yeah, in terms of whether or not I'm going to be down there for the heritage festival, it might be a little tight making it back down to Florida uh, a month and a half later. Well, not even a month and a half. Yeah, it'd be about a month and a half later. I don't know. Uh, I'd like to. I love Ebor. Um, there's very few things in life that I enjoy more than getting my uh, cafe con leche and a cigar and sitting out in front of King Corona and just watching the spectacle of humanity in the world go by there on 7th Avenue. You ever go into the honeypot? The honeypot? You don't know about the honeypot? I'm not aware of the honeypot. Oh, my God. <laughs> the reason why there's all those trannies walking around is there's a gay club, like, I don't know, 15 doors down from King Corona on that same side of the street. 
it's kind of a nondescript building and it just says the honeypot or something like that on the outside. Huh. And it is fucking fabulous. <laughs> well, despite the hat, uh, it's not normally my scene, but you know, it's, it's amusing. Stop it. Stop. <laughs> Listen, it is, it, it, I've been to a few gay clubs in my day to go dancing and you don't get hassled. There's no fights. Oh dude. There's yeah. no nothing. There's just, it's just people are just there to drink and party and dance and have a good time. And they know, they know that you're not one of them, but they still welcome you in. I hung out at one in college quite a bit because, uh, so in college I worked at a GameStop in the mall and the assistant manager was a, was a lesbian and she was very g- good friends with the owner of the the gay bar in town. And so we would all go up there simply because we could drink like stupid cheap, you know, if we were with her. And I mean, yeah, it was a fabulous time. I mean, it was one of those. Remind me to tell you my friend's landing story is my next embarrassing story. Okay. Friend's landing. Just say that. I'll remember. Friend's landing. Okay. But it was one of those. It was the first place that I went into where there were no stall doors in the men's room. Uh, and there was the giant fishbowl of condoms, and it's the only place that I've ever had somebody uh, buy me a drink in terms of like trying to, you know, initiate conversation. But hey, you know, I I'll take a fuzzy navel, whatever. It is what it is. So anyway, might get a little more than a fuzzy navel there. <laughs> I actually saw it was great. We were up there for a drag show one time, and I may have told this show on the or a story on the cast. I don't remember, but um. We uh, we went upstairs and because she knew one of the the drag queens and uh, it was their first show and so we went upstairs to congratulate into like the dressing room and there's uh, a guy sitting there um, he didn't have his wig on so he had like the skull cap you know covering his hair and he's sitting there in a bra and uh, thong and just down the way there's another drag queen dressed similarly. And before you know it, the one down the way comes over to the first one and is like, where's my money? You took all my money. And he's like, I didn't take any of your money. And next thing you know, there's a brawl. Like these two are just going, just beating the hell out of each other in, you know, push-up bras and panties and skull caps, just beating the hell out of each other. And these other drag queens are pulling them apart. And it was the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. So Lee press on nails flying just, everywhere. I mean, it was just crazy, crazy. It was great. So... Anyway, well, we're going to head to uh, video only for another uh, second so that I can switch out buttons. So once again, check out the YouTube for that. And we're back. So, And you were able to get it all out of your beard. Yeah. That's, you know, a, that's impressive. It took a little while, and I did have to end up shaving like um, a portion of it, you know, so I kind of had the Hulk Hogan thing going on for a period of time. You know about that. Yeah, you did that for a little while. <laughs> but anyway, it's all fine now. Really took it on the chin there, buddy. There you go. Moving on to the next call. Hey, I think this is the comment line for having a question for... I've been smoking cigars for almost one year, and it's kind of hard to figure out the budget. Uh, what is some great advice of building... Uh, my collection and having a good affordable rate on smoking cigars. I've been getting into bundles and coronets and other stuff that help me to be able to still enjoy really high-grade premium cigars. But I was just thinking of asking for some advice from some 
some great uh, people. Thanks, Mike. Who wants to field well, it? <clears throat> I believe that the there's two ways to go about it. So when I was a new cigar smoker, I would take advantage of any time uh, I was a customer of two guys at the time. Anytime there was an event, I would go in and buy by the box. And at that time, giving out free cigars with a box was popular. So I figured out that if I bought by the box, I was saving anywhere from 10 to 15% off the single price. And they would often try to give me cigars that were different than the ones I bought in hopes that I'd like those and buy those. So I would end up with a box of 25 and then another five to seven cigars on top of that. And you do get bored. So if I was smoking a couple cigars a week at the time, I could get through half a box by the time the next event would happen and I'd go in and load up and then I'd, ha- I'd smoke those. So I still have half a box over here, a couple of singles left, and I got a new box that I'm smoking out of. And I did that a few times so that my collection in my humidor went way, way up. And by the time I got to the fifth event, I had a full humidor and a variety of cigars. And then I would just go in and buy cigars by the onesie twosies to be able to fill in gaps of, oh, I want something a little stronger. I want something a little milder, a Connecticut here, a Maduro there. And you just buy them in twos so you could smoke one and save one. And that was, for me, that was the most economical way to do it. You certainly can do, you know, go to your local tobacconist and have somebody walk you around and show you the $5 cigars, the $6 cigars, the $7 cigars. You know, you can get great cigars for, for, for not a lot of money. And if you can put the money together to buy by the box, you're going to get them for often a dollar less per cigar. So it's a little bit more of a commitment financially initially, but if you're smart with your money, you can use saving money in the long run. Absolutely. Uh, if I can piggyback on that and you can yell at me because th- this is a little different. You can tell me if this is dumb in your opinion, but uh, one thing I did when I was in college and really got into cigars, of course I went out and bought some ridiculous humidors because I, I wanted to be cool. And uh, then, you know, you got to fill them and you, you got to maintain them. And I didn't know really what to do. And I was on a limited budget. So uh, I went ahead and talked to um, my local store and that owner. And he's like, well, you need to find like a, a cheap cigar that doesn't bother you that you can really, really fill that humidor with and just kind of let them be there. And then the things you like, you know, buy ones and twos and fill it up. And uh, there were a couple things that happened in that process during college. One, some of these cigars that I was buying just to fill my humidor, a year later, they were quite a bit better than when I first bought them. Um, And that led me to the next step was I would talk to the owner and I, I would look for what they call green tobacco. And you can spot these things if you really get nerdy and really get down into it and love the tobacco you can start to taste things where, you know, we talk about the cat litter box, the ammonia. But you can you can tell sometimes, this is not all the time, but every once in a while you find a gem where you're like, this is not bad tobacco. There's too much ammonia in it. It needs to sit. And I have a list of things that I know certain companies that bring things out too early and it's at a pretty good price or stores just want to liquidate them. I scoop them up. I write a date on all the wrappers. And I throw them in my box to sit for a couple of years. 
And I save a lot of money doing it, doing things that way because there are certain things that you give it enough time, they become really good cigars. Um, so that plus certain bundles actually become pretty decent cigars. I mean, provide medium fillers better than short filler, but uh, there's lots of ways to do it when you're on a budget and learning at the same time that can still get you involved and excited. And that that was one of the things I found is when I'd go back to those cigars, those half boxes later, they just kept getting better and better. Mm-hmm. And and you're 100% right, even with a bundle brand. Uh, why are bundle brands cheap? Well, <clears throat> typically there's no box, so you're saving money because it's it's being cellophane wrapped. When you uh, a factory is getting their rollers out of their rolling school and onto the floor, they're not starting them on $30 cigars. They're starting them on $3 cigars. So you're going to have some combustion problems. You're going to have some burn problems. But for the most part, these people pass their lessons at the rolling school. So you're going to get a lighter version, you know, not more like light beer. You still get fucked up if you drink a case of it. But uh, you're going to get a, a cigar light with these bundle brands. But with the time, even if it's not a great cigar, it will improve. Yep. Well, and if you are somebody who is uh, focusing on maybe trying to stick with the uh, the the budget bundle cigars, uh, if you go back in our archives, we did that battle of the budgets where we smoked um, sixteen different you know budget cigars, and we unbanded them and you know smoked them blind and did it all the way up to the end, and you know not to like kiss the ass of the uh, studio sponsor or anything like that, but the Tatiscan won that out um that was a fantastic you know cigar and for the price so i mean if you're looking at finding you know um a budget cigar i mean we gave reviews uh when was that that was probably a couple years ago but if you go back they're all labeled accordingly and you can you can listen to quite a few episodes where we go through a number of budget cigars trey those tatiskin are are, um mixed filled or cuban sandwich yes so, and, th- and this is the thing about that is that those mixed fillers sit around a little longer they do. because they do. they're the off cuts. You know, they, if someone's going to make a Toro, which is six inches long, they're rolling a six and a half inch cigar and they're cutting those ends off. So yeah. those small pieces sit in a hopper until it's time to do the run to make those Tadaskin. So the tobacco itself even though it's a less expensive cigar, it has tobaccos from much more expensive cigars that have also sat around and aged a little more. So there's a there's an example of where a mixed fill cigar, and also the flavor is going to be super consistent because they're going to take X amount of grams from this hopper and X amount from this hopper and X amount from this hopper. They can get that blend to be almost exact from cigar to cigar. Your draw is going to be great. Your burn is going to be great. And you can do that on a budget. For sure. And you you combine that. I mean, I think number one, this whole little conversation, I think is actually pretty important, but really have a relationship with your local store owners and talk to them, get to know them. They will tell you these things and they'll point out certain things that maybe you should buy that would be a good idea. They'll they'll lead you. Um, but that and then when you go to events, take advantage of those deals. And when you don't have events, look for the deals we just kind of told you about on these uh Medium-filled cigars. I mean, you, you you can win. You can win. For sure. All right. Moving on to the next call here. 
Hey, Jerry Polisky here. I have a couple of tobacco-related, uh, cigar-related questions for Mr. Jonathan, as it turns out. Uh, what is the weirdest uh, pre-light ritual you've ever seen? And what is the weirdest flavoring note you've ever gotten from a cigar there? Um, I was in a tobacco lounge, cigar lounge, in San Francisco in the early 80s there, as it turned out. Oh, no. And the weirdest uh, pre-light ritual I saw was the gentleman would uh, spit on the cigar before they cut it. And uh, the flavor note I got was uh, hot, warm mayonnaise, (laughs) as it turns out. Anywho, uh, I also uh, recently finished the TV show Succession. So I am a bit of a business expert, as it turns out. And I would like to throw my two cents in there and uh, throw my hat in the ring, as it turns out, for the uh, cigar authority and pulpit merger there, as it were. Yeah, I would like to sweeten the pat, and I would like to throw in my timeshare in East Palestine, Ohio, <laughs> to the uh, pot there, as it turns out. Let me know what you think. Keep up the good work, as it turns out. <laughs> All right. Uh, the most odd flavor I ever got, and you guys will know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, if you've ever hit your head right on the back of the head really hard, you get a right on the on your tongue. You get a metallic and marshmallow flavor, and I got that on a cigar. And as I'm describing it to Dave, it wasn't even on the show. I describe it. And he's looking at me awful weird. I go, he goes, that's, you taste metal and marshmallow. I go, yeah, it's like a concussion, you know, the flavor from a concussion. And he thought that was the funniest fucking thing. The weirdest, the weirdest pre-light ritual. Uh, we hired a, a rookie and we were doing a staff meeting and the kid was a little socially awkward and had these uh, very big mannerisms as he's doing the thing of cutting the cigar. He's really inspecting it and smelling it, but not like I, I would smell the wrapper maybe on a new cigar or smell the foot. He was smelling the cap. It hadn't been cut yet. A little strange. <laughs> then he, he does this big elaborate motion with his arms to like clear the sleeves on his shirt away from the cutter. And he, cuts the cigar way too much lops off a big thing he hadn't gone through training yet he'd just been hired and then he pulls out an st dupont lighter like a 1200 lighter and he flicks the thing open for the ping and he looks around to see if anybody heard now we all work in the cigar store we do not give a fuck what you use to light your cigar nothing is impressive anymore i've seen everything just get it lit and smoke it that's where, that's where we're all at. And no one saw or heard the ping. So he closed it. He waited 20 seconds. He did it again. And flicked the ping again. And he's looking around. So I got a Dominican kid that works for me. And um, part of the Dominican culture is they point with their lips instead of their fingers. So he makes a couple of noises to get my attention. And he points with his lips over at the kid. And we all speak Dominican at this point with the lip pointing. So I look over 
and I get a chance to watch the end of this ritual with the flinging of the flicking of the thing. It was a riot. <laughs> so that'd be the oddest pre-light ritual that I've ever seen. Trey. I've seen a lot of shit. I don't, I've never seen that. What's the, what's the, yeah, I don't yeah, I mean nothing. I don't, I don't know. I've seen a lot of weird <laughs> shit. I mean, I've seen hillbillies light their, their hair on fire, lighting a cigar. You know, you get you get a hillbilly that looks like uh, 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 what was the guy that uh, Fabio? Fabio. You know, you get a guy with hair like Fabio. And you get that right lighter. Yeah. Oh, and they 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 always have to have the torch turned up. It's not yeah. tuned properly. Yeah. So they filled it. They didn't turn it back down from when it was yeah. partially empty. They got a flamethrower, and then boom. Yeah, and then the poor bastard didn't even know he lit his hair on fire. And he oh, comes up and light it, and the shits and like. Bro, <laughs> I still get even post COVID. I still get the guys that lick the whole fucking thing and deep throated, and they're tickling their uvula, yeah. and then they want to use my cutter, and I'm like, Get the fuck out of here! I'm like, we're I, we're at the end of a pandemic. No, you are not putting no. my cutter on that. No. We have cutters for five dollars over here. You can buy a cutter if you would like to, uh, or you can use the slobber cutter. My favorite is when they realize that I said it's the slobber cutter after then, they cut their cigar yeah. and they put the cigar in their mouth. One guy was like, as he's lighting it, why do you call it the slobber cutter? And I go, well, cause you're not the only one who licked his entire cigar and then cut it using that nasty. cutter. Nasty. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think the funniest thing I've seen, like, well, not, this isn't the funniest. It's just one of those things where like, a guy, it doesn't matter if you're a newbie or or a veteran or if you just got more money than God, people still like screw up and don't know what the hell they're doing. I had a customer back in Kansas that uh, he bought around 50 grand worth of Fuente a year from us. So big customer, good customer. But he liked to, to drink and smoke nothing but Fuente. And one night he comes up to me. He's he's uh, smoking a very expensive cigar, and he starts complaining to me. He's like, "Trademark, I, I don't know. This fucking cigar tastes like plastic. I don't know. I've never experienced oh, no. this. It's like fucking plastic." And I looked at him and I go, "Well, that's because you just smoked half the band of that cigar." <laughs> like he kept going. The band was half gone. I'm like, that's like a $40 smoke. And no wonder it tastes like plastic. It's not the cigar's fault. It's your fault, drunk ass. Like, <laughs> shit like that happens. Every once in a while, I've I've scorched a band. But you notice it right away. Oh, the yeah. aroma in the room changes exactly. immediately. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's just the, the flavor, the aroma, everything changes. And, you know, you just got to quickly get it off there. Um, the one I did on purpose was uh, Leaf by Oscar. The, I had met that yeah. Big Island Jim guy, and he said, you could smoke the band because it's uh, homogenized tobacco paper. So I said, fuck it, and I did it. And it, it wasn't the greatest flavor, but it, it no. didn't smell like burning plastic. It it's just smelled like a different tobacco. Yeah. I want to know how many people light the Leaf by Oscar just without taking it out of the leaf. I've yeah. seen that. Yeah, I've seen it. I mean, yeah. you know it happens. And there's just shit floating around in the air all over the place. Well, yeah, because it's the driest possible leaf at that point because it's, you know, been used as the cellophane. So, I yeah, 
<laughs> you know, it's just burning shirts all over the lounge and everything. And oh god! All right, we got one more call on this set of buttons here. Hey guys, this is Jonathan's favorite blind boy, Glenn. Uh, just wanted to call in and say a couple of uh, kudos. One to Nick for carrying the ball and keeping the show going. You're doing a great job. Keep it up, brother. And for Jonathan, I want a special kudos to two guys for your launch of the McAuliffe Black. It has become my favorite cigar. And uh, if it was the only cigar I could smoke for the rest of my life, that would be the one. Anyhow, my question for you is uh, for Jonathan, with the PCA coming up, could you pull the curtain back a little bit on um, how what the decision is or how you make the decision to uh, bring in a new cigar and, um, you know, what that whole experience is like with all the choices that are out there and the limitations you have for shelf space. Uh, I'd be really interested to learn more about that. Thank you, guys. Jay Smokey and Jonathan, keep that head moist, brother. And I'm sure a lot uh, of thanks, uh, Glenn. sure man, a lot of manufacturers would like to know the uh, behind the scenes of how you guys designate shelf space as well. Well, we have there, there's a couple of key players in the company that are really good at mining data. I happen to be one of them. Our buyer Ed Santa Maria is another. Uh, Dave collects data after it's been mined. He's not great with the the mining itself. There's certain reports he knows how to run. And he can extrapolate from that whether the company's healthy or unhealthy and how much money there is to be able to spend. Um, my assistant, Trevor, also really good. So part of it is you get a feel for what's moving and things have to be selling by the box, period. If it's selling by the singles, it doesn't matter how fast. If it's not moving by the box, it's not sustainable. So we're looking for specific price points. So right now I can tell you that I have a couple of holes I could fill with five and $6 cigars. There's not a whole lot playing in that space. I got plenty of four. I got plenty of seven. I need five and six. So that's one thing that they're going to go into the trade show looking for is five and $6 cigars. Uh, so that's one spot. Uh, we're also a little light on the $20 price point. Now, you got to be careful with the $20 price point during these specific times because $20 is a lot of money. So it needs to be an exceptional cigar for $20 to be able to make it in. So I hope that's peeling the curtain back far enough, but we run report after report after report, see what's selling, see what's not. And sometimes you can see a pattern. And we like to look at the top 10% and the, top, the bottom 10%. The bottom 10% is probably going bye-byes. And that's where we make the space to be able to pull in new cigars. And then the top 10% is the stuff you guys order heavy on. Yeah. That's where you're looking for, you know, if, if there's a buying opportunity, you know, you make a big purchase and get a, a quarter's worth of cigars or a half a year's worth of cigars to get a discount. And that allows you to be able to keep your prices on that product lower because you're being, you're able to buy it cheaper. Makes sense. I might piggyback on that question, Jonathan, because you you said something that I think is extremely important that I don't see enough of. 
uh, traveled the country all over the place. And you can, you can tell a good store from a store that isn't as good based on one thing. And that's box sales. And, you know, maybe you mention a few things like, what do you guys do to generate? I tell people all the time, you guys need to generate a culture of box buyers because guess what? These guys are buying boxes of cigars. They're just not buying them from you. They're buying them somewhere else. You know, how do you manifest that, if you will? So, yeah, it's it, it, it's very simple. <clears throat> we have uh, We have a salesman that doesn't talk. He's called a silent salesman. And on the box of cigars is the price of the single. And right below it is the price of the box. And if the customer can see the difference between the two is 10%. Why wouldn't you buy the box? You're getting the last two cigars you're smoking in that box. You're going to smoke them anyways. You're getting the last two free. And some that's, that's on 10%. Some companies go a little deeper, 15, 16, 17%, 20%. And and you just, by putting the price on the box, you're telling the customer that this is certainly an option, but this is the preferred method of procuring cigars. And yet how many stores across the country do you see that do not put the box price right there next to it? It's, it's crazy that they don't see it's it. All crazy. Up. They spend all the time with a price gun, no barcodes, price gun, putting the price on every single cigar. Imagine if you could sell 20 of those in one shot to one guy and yep. you do it every week. I'm telling you, I sell one box of every size, every wrapper, all year long. One box of 1,100 boxes, one of everything, every year, from the customer just saying, oh, there's a discount here. I'll take a box. So that happens 1,100 times. I sold 1,100 boxes for the cost of a P-Touch label. That's that's why y'all are so good at what you do, but it's something so simple that I wish everybody did. Well, hopefully we got retailers listening and they uh, they buy a P Touch labeler and just go to town. You can you could do your whole store in a week if you don't if you don't have the pricing on it right now. For sure. Well, and and I, having been to your shop as well, you guys have the the labels like kind of almost like. Um, how some of these brands will give you guys shelf talkers. You guys don't have them like on the box per se. You have them on the shelf in front of the box and they're very large and, and easily read. Some of these shops I go in and they just have, like you're talking about the little price gun. So it's the little itty bitty price sticker, you know, that's on there. And you got to make it legible. You got to make it large enough to be seen easily and read easily so that you can do that math real quick and say, Hey, you know, if I buy the box, you know, I get, two of my 20 essentially free by doing this, you know, that kind of thing. And I think sometimes retailers, when they set up their store, they, things happen and they run out of money and it's $12 to buy a price gun. It's $50 to buy a P touch labeler. And I get the labels themselves are a little expensive. When price change season comes around, I got to stockpile 12 or 13 of these uh, cartridges. Yes, it is more expensive, but, the fact that I didn't have to pay someone to put stickers on the the cigars from the box that sold by itself, I'm telling you that P-Touch labeler has paid for itself a thousand times over just in one year. Interesting. Well, okay then. Well, 
I believe that would be all the calls for this set of buttons here. So I'm going to go ahead and turn off the audio and go video only again for a minute. Go now. And we're back on the audio That's here. why you always charge your glory hole saw. <laughs> you always want to make sure you either have the backup battery. You got to have it ready. And a sharp blade. It's important. Got to have it ready. Got to have it ready. Okay. Next call here. Do, do you think any of these additional teasers cause people to go back and li- and watch the video? I think the fact that we've had to do it so frequently is going to cause a spike in the YouTube views. I do believe that because um, there's been some quality stuff said in these little pauses here. And, uh, you know, it's just the limitation on me with the technology that I have to do it this way. But uh, it's kind of nice because I might see a nice spike on the YouTube. So who knows? So, next call here. We got two more to go. Uh, good afternoon. Uh, this is Sean Boudry from the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. I'm um, very excited to have uh, Dr. or not Dr. Jonathan, but Mr. Jonathan on Doctor. the podcast today. Doctor. And I was just wondering if he would have any insight. I want to give a package or a, let's say a cigar style gift to somebody. And um, I'm trying to decide which type of <laughs> color of ribbon would be best to present this uh, package. To so I know he's very creative and uh, look forward to hear his answer. He is such a cunt. <laughs> I love him so much. I, I think I have his, I think I have a cell phone number. I'm going to send him a text and tell him uh, the yeah, same thing. Yeah. He's going to listen to the show anyways. Uh, you always yeah. go yellow. Yeah. You always go yellow. Yeah. Yellow, yellow ribbon. Yellow ribbon. <laughs> I, Drew Estate took that uh, advice and went with that with their uh, 10th anniversary undercrown. So there you go. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. It's <laughs> my favorite ball of the day. <laughs> well, we got yeah, one more. Good. We got one more here. Hey, guys, this is Danny. So I was calling because I needed some advice on getting a cigar for your first kid. My wife was due in about two months, and everybody knows Shouldn't that I smoke, smoke cigars. So I know that there's some balancing act here between – a lot of people are going to want one at work and such that they're going to want something good, but they don't know what they're dealing with. I wanted to get your guys' take and, uh, you know, what are the considerations when you're trying to buy about 50 cigars to hand out to like your casual coworkers and your friends and neighbors and so on. Thanks for the advice. Stay smoking. Uh, there's a real economical way to do that. Um, and I'm, I'm going to plug my shop for a second because we have a brand called uh, La Giana. And La Giana has a, uh, another tier that's a little lower priced called It's a Boy, It's a Girl. So you can get uh, the same size cigar would be about $152 for a box in New Hampshire. You can get that same box, but it says It's a Boy, It's a Girl, and it has the pink and blue packaging for i think it's 80 bucks uh and it's it's a good cigar um it's not made in the same factory this one's dominican as opposed to honduran so it's even a little bit milder in flavor uh and you can hand those out and not have to worry about anybody getting sick they could smoke the whole thing it's a churchill size cigar so you're not looking like you're cheap handing them a small cigar and it's a one-time thing so this is the one time where i wouldn't even be mad at somebody if they didn't smoke the whole thing they just puffed along to celebrate uh that's one you can hand out to anybody that's what i was going to say is if you're going to do this and you're handing it to just anybody you know you have to be conscious of the fact that 
you're probably going to be handing this to the majority of people that are not regular cigar smokers. So don't give them, you know, something that's going to slit their throat, you know, go, go super light and honestly go, go relatively inexpensive because like you just pointed out, if they smoke half of it, you might be lucky. Right. And and honestly, and and it doesn't have to be, it's a boy, it's a girl. You can go with a bundle brand. Um, There's, I, I have some, very high-end customers that are looking for cigars for an occasion like a wedding and they're not buying a box of Atabay or Byron at a thousand dollars so I show them something like La Giana, which has a some nice foil on the band it really looks high-end the boxes present really well so that's a, a more economical way of being able to supply the masses without dropping thousands of dollars you can be in the hundreds of dollars and, and be in and out. And maybe look for, you know, I don't know, um, the caller, he obviously knows who he's giving these to. If you're giving them to some guys or people who are regular cigar smokers, maybe consider buying, you know, something a little nicer for those folks and then getting something in more in the economic range and the budget range for the folks that are not regular smokers, just your average coworker or something like that. That way, you know, you're not giving uh, something cheap to somebody who knows the difference, but you know, I mean, that's up to you as well. So I threw my first house party here over uh, the long weekend and a month ago I had, I cleaned out my humidor. I grabbed a Tupperware container that, I didn't have a lid for. And on top of the humidor, I put all the cigars that I'm never going to smoke in the container and put it on the top. And in my vest pocket on the inside, I had the cigars that I would give out to people if they didn't have a cigar and I knew they were cigar smokers. And I had, I had like 52 people here, probably 40 of them were cigar smokers. Almost everybody brought their own cigars, but there were one or two people that I hand cigars out to my brother or whatever. And The rest of the people, if they needed a cigar, I said, help yourself. I put some cigars on top of the humidor, go nuts and take whatever you want. And it was, it enabled me to be able to flush through about 20 cigars. I'm never going to smoke anyways. And at the same, those are not really cigar smokers. And at the same time, the real cigar smokers I had in my breast pocket, the ones I would hand out to, listen, you need to smoke this. This is something special. This is, this has two years of age on it. I think you'll enjoy it. So you can kind of hit both worlds that way and you keep the good ones sort of in your jacket and you let the masses pick from the, the masses pile and you hand select the other people. Trey, any input? No, it's perfect. I mean, there's nothing else to say. It was perfect. Okay. All right. I just want to include <laughs> you. I don't want he's you. So good. He's so good with the color commentary. I know. I just, I just don't want to leave, leave him out. Well, when you get an expert here, you don't need me yakking about bullshit. <laughs> uh, you've had you've had a couple tray where you've you've added on, and it was great. Yeah, a little little spice here and there. Well, that would be all the calls for this month. Um, so now we'll take a moment and uh, hear about my monthly cigars. This would normally be the time that I give some information about my monthly cigars, but I've hired that out this week. So take it away. My Monthly Cigars is a premium cigar subscription service. It comes in a variety of different size boxes at affordable prices. Use offer code PULPIT and get free shipping on your first box and 20% off any items in the online store at MyMonthlyCigars.com. That's offer code PULPIT. Thanks, thanks. 
I needed I needed something to fill out the three buttons, and so that one just kind of jumped ahead. So perfect. Anyway, so okay, so now I'm gonna switch back to video only and uh, fill out the buttons here. Trays up and uh, trays up, and I believe this is probably gonna be the last time that I need to do this. I think Trey, I so. think you had hinted about a, a tranny story. I want to hear that one. Oh, which one? <laughs> All right, guys. We'll be right back to the audio in just a moment. And we're back. And that's why you always carry duct tape. Because you just never know. <laughs> you never, never know. Yeah, keep that thing in control. They have so many different colors of duct tape now. It's not just the plain old silver anymore. They all do the same wonderful job of uh, hair removal when you when you take it off, though. <laughs> I can't say I've ever used it for that, but you know, it is a multi-purpose tool. I don't think think you're using it for that. That's a side effect of what happens. Oh, okay. You speak for yourself, motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, why don't we now? Look at it. Look at it. (laughs) Yeah. Don't let the beard fool you. From here down, hairless. Um, Shaved. (laughs) Did you ever get the nair on your nipples? That sucks. Can't say I've ever uh, done that. I once uh, was using Nair for uh, some manscaping, and uh, the recommended time is five minutes. And I I went a little longer because uh, I'm a man and it's thicker hair. Oh God! And I rinsed it off, and not everything comes off because you need multiple applications when you're using a feminine product on man areas. Oh God! So the next morning, ten short hours later. I reapply, and everything comes off. I shower, rinse everything. It's clean. I'm good. And I get out, and I feel uh, liquid dripping on my foot. And I look down. It's blood. I nared a hole in my testicle. (laughs) (laughs) And that's for the audio side, too. Just so you guys know, it's that crazy or worse. Yeah, on the video side. on the video side. Real question: Have you ever used men's nair? I didn't know it existed until just it recently. Shit should be illegal. It is dangerous. Oh no! It's so much more powerful. There's a I lot mean, of different things like that out there, though. Like I've got something that's like nut cream or something like that, and I haven't had that experience with it. Well, I think nut cream is probably like supposed to be beneficial. Men's nair, you're not supposed to use. No. Don't use it down there. Well, use it on- I won't. I'm I'm done with the nair. Yeah, don't yeah. don't do it. You I got the lawnmower that. 3.0. I just keep nice. everything trimmed. <laughs> nice. I give um, it a I give it a whiffle once a quarter. <laughs> okay. All right. Let let let's get into this. We all need to live united, but one must go. Brought to you by United Cigars, makers of La Giana Havana, Abuelo, Red Anchor, Firecracker, and of course, United Cigars. Distributors of Jose Dominguez, Garofalo, Montoza, and Terra Nova, and the highly acclaimed Atabay, Byron, and Bandolero. Buy United, Smoke United, Live United, United Cigars. I have to say, I'm really surprised that nobody offered up a One Must Go during the uh, phone calls, because typically at least somebody, you know, has one of those in one of the calls. So I had to, uh, I had to go to the go to the old standby. I had to go to the deck, and uh, 
So I have two cards here, and I'm debating which one I want to go with. One of them, one of them is music related. The other one's more lifestyle related. And um, but I think I may have done the lifestyle one quite a while back. But and not, we've gone pretty lifestyle on the video during the uh, the downtime. So I think I think we go with the the music one. Okay. All right. We'll go with the music one. So one must go. Bob Marley, Prince, Whitney Houston, or Michael Jackson. What was the first one? Bob Marley, Prince. Yep, gone. Bob Marley's gone. That was my choice, too. Yeah, you can't fuck with Michael or Prince. That's for damn sure. I mean, Michael, you know, look, Michael's one of those weird cases where, you know, you respect the uh, the art, but the man is troublesome. Kind of like uh, Bill Cosby in that regard, you know? Five decades of hits, though. I get it. Just, I'm not diminishing and we, the work. We don't even have all the music out yet. Not there's, diminishing there's the work. I'm just saying. You I know, don't even think you can. I think you should apologize for putting Michael and Bill in the same fucking sentence. I mean, one's fairly proven. The other is just kind of weird. Yeah, the other, I, mean, I think, is pro- Dave Chappelle's point was that uh, Macaulay Culkin said nothing ever inappropriate happened, and that would be the first kid you'd go for. That's true. There is that. Well, I mean, I'm again, I I'm voting for Bob Marley, so you know, whatever. Um, and Whitney, uh, you know, Whitney Houston, my God, what a set of pipes on that lady. Yeah, that's she's unquestionable as far as the when it comes to diva vocals. You got Michael with five decades of hits. You got Prince being the probably the most underrated guitar player in the history of guitar Amen. players. Amen. And a showman at that. If you've ever seen the video, you can just Google search it on YouTube. Um, James Brown, Prince, and Michael Jackson. Uh, James Brown calls up Michael Jackson out of the audience and he comes up and Michael sings a little bit. And then he says, uh, Prince is in the audience and James calls up Prince. Prince comes in carried by one of his bodyguards on his shoulders, gets up on the stage, takes a guitar, shreds, and then destroys half the set on his way off the stage. It's fucking remarkable. Prince is the shit. The shit. Yes. Okay. So it sounds like we're all in agreement that Bob Marley's the one that has to go. Yeah, peace and love. Fuck that shit. <laughs> All righty then. The One Must Go segment was brought to you by United Cigars. United we smoke. Well, I'm still behind. I haven't made anything up yet, but it's time for the uh, the Villiger Entertainment Report. And uh, guys, if you haven't tried Villiger Cigars, I don't know what you're waiting for at this point. I've been talking about it for, you know, what, five months now? You need to get on it. They're great cigars. They've been big overseas, and now they're they're trying to make their name here in the United States. You can go over to their website, find a store locator where they have some. Uh, we're going to have Renee from uh, Villiger Cigars coming up on the show next week to detail what he's got coming to PCA. And, uh, Villiger. So, exactly. And see, and that goes along with the whole Aladino uh, 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 ad. You know, you give a little jingle to it, and all of a sudden people remember this stuff. So, so anyway, what's everybody been watching? I watch a lot of YouTube videos, but uh, the that thing counts. I've been, the thing I've been doing, 
uh, did you guys happen to catch the interview with RFK and Joe Rogan? Yes. No. It's like three hours long. I've 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 listened to it once and I watched it once. His voice is tough, but uh, I am a staunch libertarian. I have voted for uh, Democrats to balance <laughs> things out, like the House and the Senate, so that things stay in gridlock. I mean, I'm just a fucking animal about it. But I'd never thought that I would actually find a Democratic candidate that I liked. And this guy is fucking good. Huh. He is good. Well, I know he just did an episode of, uh, oh, God, what is the name of that? It's uh, the, Bill Maher's uh, Yeah, thing. The, the Bill uh, Maher that show. That popped up on my feed this morning. I'm going to be watching that and, after this. See, and I follow that show, so I figured I'd be watching that, too. But, um, no. I don't uh, think Maher's going to let him go as deep as Rogan did. No, no, probably not. My thing with Rogan um, is, quite frankly, and I'm guilty of it sometimes, too. Um, some of those shows just go so long that I just, at some point, I just don't have the time to, to dedicate to it. But that's also the beauty in it. I mean, that's where the raw shit comes out. For sure. I mean, that's yeah, it'll, where- it'll take me three days to watch an episode or listen to it. Yeah. But that's, that's where, like, RFK got into the whole thing where, like, he, you know, could they kill you like they have other members of your family and he's like yeah i mean that doesn't come out like in a 15 minute fucking right like that the the interview with rogan's fantastic absolutely the the interesting thing would be i think if he was assassinated that the fucking shit would hit the fan this time because he is aggressively saying that he's going to go after big pharma Yep. and restrict their ability to be able to advertise because there's only two countries in the world that allow uh, pharmaceutical companies to advertise on TV and radio. And it makes your doctor a uh, drug dealer. For sure. Yeah. You watch a commercial and you see the five symptoms you have. You go to your do- They say, go ask your doctor. You go in and you go, I got these five symptoms. I want this drug. All right. And one of them inevitably is, are you tired? And let's be real. After you turn 30 years old, you're always fucking tired. So, I don't know. So what else has everybody been watching? Or listening? Consuming? What entertainment have you been consuming? I'm, I mean, I'll be honest. Like, I'm, a, I'm of the younger generation that I pretty much only consume podcasts and YouTube shows. That That's really it. Okay. Um. So of course, like Rogan's always up there on my playlist, um, and he did especially when he does an episode with Duncan Trussell, which just did one. Oh, I haven't seen that one yet. Oh, it's fantastic! Is it? <laughs> yeah. I just watched the Miley Cyrus one because I saw a, a short and it looked yeah. interesting. So I listened to hers this morning. Fascinating. That's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, and I did uh, the Dorian Yates one. From it was like Ooh. episode nine fifty seven. It was an older one. And it's interesting to look at his interviews and how much better he's become. And when you think about the fact that he talks about all these DMT trips he's been on and the mushrooms he's done and the the deprivation tanks and the ice bathing, and he's becoming more and more sharp as he gets older. And you would expect if there were all the negative side effects that we all hear about, about mushrooms and all this shit, You'd see it, but you listen to the Dorian Yates interview and it's fine, but 
he's so much better at asking questions now. And he has so much more information right at the tips of his fingers. He just can remember just about everything. Hmm. He's so much better. Every year he gets better. I know Missouri is studying the uh, medicinal effects of those mushrooms. Um, so I think that that's going to be probably the next thing, next shoe to drop. You know, first it was medical marijuana. I, I really think the uh, medicinal purposes of uh, mushrooms are going to be the next thing. As a, as a huge mushroom advocate, but also a huge libertarian, I want us to be careful how that goes down because I don't like the word legalization. I like the word decriminalization. So whenever somebody's like, oh, it's going to be legalized, I'm like, I don't know if I like that. I don't know if I like that because then the government's gaining control of that substance, really, and I, I don't care for that. That said, a step forward is a step forward. Well, that's definitely what's happened with marijuana. I mean, my God, here in Illinois, we've got dispensaries all over the place now, but the state has such a tax on it and everything. It's ridiculous. Now, Missouri... They uh, decriminalized it, to use your term, and they had their tax significantly lower. So what's happening now, you know, living so close to St. Louis, we already jumped the river for our gas because it's about 60 cents on the gallon cheaper over Missouri. We uh, a lot of people jumped the river for their smokes and now they're jumping the river for their pot. So and that's just going to make the the free market's going to end up dictating what the price will be on that. And you just hope that the government is paying attention. And I think. I think that the pendulum has swung so far into the realm of people being offended and the whole cancel culture. I think that with comedians like Dave Chappelle, uh, podcasts like Joe Rogan's, uh, even some to some extent, this podcast and the Cigar Authority, where the jokes are jokes and the offense is not there. Yep. And it's just people being people. And being able to poke fun at somebody for their shortcomings and have them laugh at themselves too. Like I laugh at myself. I know the shit that I say and do is a little gay. I know it is. <laughs> but uh, it's not that I'm, I'm not doing and saying the stuff. I, I, I'm into dancing. I fucking dance. I'm a professional dancer. I love it. I know it's a little gay and I, I dance with men. It's a little gay. But I got to laugh at that. That's a that's a thing. I mean, you're that's not a, it, taking them back to the hotel and banging them afterwards. I'm not saying that I'm not doing that. <laughs> uh, yellow ribbon, yellow ribbon. <laughs> anyway, um, but that's I, the thing. The pendulum's got to swing back into the middle, and and I think we'll be able to enjoy some peace and quiet for a little while while it's in the middle for a short time until it swings too far the other way. Well, I think, Do you that, think that time is actually going to happen though. Oh, it has to. I feel people like are just people are sick of the shit. Yeah, I feel like. But I feel like we're gonna miss that time, and it's just gonna swing the other direction, hardcore and fast. Like I'm, I, I'm like you. I want that time to happen. I'm worried that. I don't think it can. I don't think it can swing that hard, like that. I, I just don't. I don't think it can because you've got things like Twitter being opened up. You know, Elon Musk is batshit crazy as that motherfucker is he's allowing free speech to happen on that platform. The other platforms are going to have to follow suit or they're going to lose market share. Yeah. Again, the free market, when somebody is doing something good, when, when you could have, um, you know, Facebook has the multiple like buttons where you can heart something or thumb it up or thumb it down. 
Twitter's now talking about adding that same functionality because that's something that's missing yeah. from the platform. So when when the free market opens up, you everybody wins. The rising tide raises all the ships, and I think that's what we're going to start seeing. Have you noticed how many views Tucker's had on Twitter? It's unreal. It's, it's unreal. insane. And I, I, I mean, I, I don't really like him per se. I think he's, he's fine. I think his, his political views are a little extreme, but I do like the fact that he has a thriving, yes. flourishing show on Twitter. I, I'll catch an episode once in a while, but he's not, he's just not my bag. Well, totally get I've been saying for a little bit that I think Twitter is going to be the last refuge of the dam for cigar content before it's all said and done. You know, I, I don't know about you guys, but I know Instagram is definitely, they throttled us back a little while, a uh, little while back and, uh, it, it really hasn't rebounded. I don't think. And, uh, you know, I think follow me on Twitter, Mr. Jonathan DJ, <laughs> I think before it's all said and done, I do think Twitter is going to be where we all end up, but, um, I, uh, I recently finished watching the Larry Sanders show. And there's a documentary on HBO. Uh, it's a two-part documentary all about the life of Gary Shandling. And so I've started watching that, and I'm not quite finished with the first part. The first part's like an hour and a half just by itself. But uh, it's it's fascinating to see a guy rise up in comedy at the time he did doing he, – he essentially was like the – pro. I would say he's the prototype for Jerry Seinfeld – you know, and that he was doing things that, uh, you know, Seinfeld would end up doing, you know, slightly later. And he just, it, man, he just did so much. And then there was the Gary, San uh, the Gary Shandling show, which I forgot about. I mean, I remember watching that in reruns on Comedy Central and uh, thought it was great. And I forgot about it. And I'm watching this and I'm reminded of it. You know, that was a sitcom that he did where his character knew that he was in a sit. Nobody else knew he was in a sitcom. He knew he was in a sitcom. So he's, you know, breaking the fourth wall, talking to the audience. You know, when he's he's like, oh, I got to go to the beach now. So he just walks across the set and crosses the set. And now he's in the beach, you know, and that kind of thing. And it's it's just a really innovative, you know, show that he pulled off there. And uh, I'm looking forward to getting into the stuff about the Larry Sanders show. But that that was a guy that, dude. There's so many comedians coming on in this documentary talking about him. And whatnot, and he gave so many guys a start. Like Judd Apatow, you know, was like his his protege. I mean, he he was mentoring him and gave him a gig writing and then directing on the Larry Sanders show and that sort of thing. I mean, a lot of comedy came sprung what a out. Proving ground that turned out to be for oh, him too, dude. It just uh, so much comedy that we enjoy today sprung out from Gary Sh uh, Shandling. I uh, I also just finished a documentary on Nolan Ryan. Now, I don't watch sports, but I love dominant pitchers. And Nolan Ryan was not only dominant, but he got better and better as he got older. More command on the ball, still able to throw plus 100. And this was back when the radar guns weren't all that accurate. They weren't taking him from the right spots. I think he, his record was like 104, but there's, there'll never be another pitcher that can throw as many pitches, strike out as many guys because they the game is played different now than it was then. I mean, he was he was playing almost the entire game, almost the entire time. Just dominant, dominant pitcher. I, I found that one fascinating. 
is he the one that annihilated the bird or was that randy johnson that was randy, randy johnson. the big unit johnson okay. all right all right I, I just remember seeing that video and i'm just like holy shit that bird just exploded i mean i'd say imploded but it, it was definitely an explosion not like a sub that right was, yeah you had to go there oh do you think anyone on that sub oh, knew uh, hillary clinton you know, or Jeffrey, you know, friends with old Jeffrey Epstein. I don't want to make fun because obviously it's not funny when anybody loses their life. But at the same time, if I'm getting ready to take this tour in a in a submarine and I get on and I see a guy has an Xbox controller to control this thing that I'm going down to twelve thousand five hundred something feet below sea level um i'm probably gonna question that and and bail yeah i'm probably tapping out just, just me i don't know yeah and it was even a third party controller it was a logitech it wasn't even like microsoft itself i mean like come on what are you doing and if you want to get real weird with it the way they died i don't i don't want to demean oh dude i've well, seen the videos of like how implosions occur but, and everything i mean it's fucked up but do we know they were really down there well, the other thing is uh, oh. the thing that got glossed over. He, he makes a good point, but the thing that got glossed over is that the uh, Coast Guard is on record now saying that they knew about the implosion three yeah. days before, and for some reason that information got held, and no one hears anything about the Hunter Biden shit or yeah. the impeachment uh-huh. of Joe Biden. It's well, just it's, it's a, a mechanism little- to be able to control the narrative. Seems almost a little too good a timing, a little too made up. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. All right, then. And the one, the one's kid went to a concert, you know, the, during the time. Like, he couldn't have been that sad. <laughs> Maybe he knows he can go see his dad in Argentina whenever the fuck he wants to. You know what I mean? Oh. <laughs> All right, then. Well, we've added new layers to that. So, um all right. Well, I guess if nobody else has anything else they've uh, been entertaining or entertained by this week, we can move on from the Villiger segment. Um, Villiger. 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 So I guess we'll go around the horn one more time and talk about cigars, and then we can uh, we can wrap this up. So who wants to go first? You're up, Trey. What, what, what is that? That's the lounge edition. Oh, okay. Just got released this past week, and I've got, you know, big old bone for it. <laughs> big old bone. This thing, it's, I'm glad we're using Sumatra now. We're going to do some really fun stuff with it. I don't think Ed Sullivan's uh, too happy about that. No. I like Sumatra. No, Sumatra. Doesn't like the VSG, doesn't like the Judge, doesn't... Lonio, none of that. Doesn't like any of it. Nope, he doesn't. That's too bad. I love those smokes. I love all of them, actually. Um, did you get, uh, especially on the retro on this cigar, I love the retro. That's where you get some white pepper, but there's so much gram out of this cigar, too. It's almost like gram cinnamon. I can't really, I can never really quite differentiate cinnamon from white pepper. Like, there's something close to each other there yeah but i get it in i get it in my in my nasal passages on this smoke and that 
married with the gram is beautiful. Love this cigar. Very different than anything else we've done. And uh, kind of as a precursor to things to come down the line gets me super excited. All right. Jonathan? Uh, we got the West Tampa Red in. Ooh, I want to try uh, that. So I've been uh, going through and re-smoking all the sizes to see which one I like best. Uh, and for me, it's uh, the 60 was fine, but the I'm torn between the Toro and the Robusto on the, on the West Tampa Red. I like the Toro. I haven't tried any of it, so that's on my list know. of ones to get a hold of. They're great. Uh, can I ask you a question, Jonathan? Yeah. Uh, did you guys get the attic in before that? Yeah. How many similarities do you have between the attic and the red? So I find the red to be smack dab in between the attic and the black. Yeah. Uh, it's a little more going on as far as flavors and transitions than the black and a little bit less than what was going on with the attic. Yep. Interesting. All right. It's a little less leather forward too. I found the attic to be of all three. They all have a little component of leather, but the attic series was very leather forward. It would be the, if somebody was like, all right, I need to, I need to smoke a cigar right now that tastes like a wallet. That's the flavor you're getting, the predominant flavor from the attic, which I I enjoyed, uh, and it's dialed back a little bit on the red, in my opinion. Love it. I like them both. I'll tell you, that's a place that if I do make it down to Ebor uh, for the Heritage Festival, I'd like to pop over and uh, visit uh, that factory as well, because that's down there in in West Tampa, and uh, I. I had no idea. I've always just stuck around Ybor City, and I haven't gone over to uh, other areas of the city to see what else is around. So that would be good. That'd be fun. So um, I lit up a uh, obviously a uh, Undercrown 10th anniversary, and I mean it's a strong, you know, spicy cigar. Um, um, I did have a little bit of that mouse hole situation going on like uh, one of our callers mentioned but it didn't go too terribly long and uh it smoked through it pretty easily so that was nice but otherwise you know that it's been a good smoke it's been kicking off a lot of smoke i'll give it that it's a little smokestack yeah it's uh, almost like something else is burning on that wrapper you wonder sometimes don't you i don't wonder yeah <laughs> um all right. I was being polite. I get it. I get it. Um, well, okay. Well, uh, this is the point where I will mention that we are available on Instagram at the Cigar Pulpit, as well as on Facebook, where we have the Cigar Pulpit Parishioners Group. You guys can get in on that by requesting access, and everybody kind of posts their pictures and typically beats up on me, and that's all right. Uh, we're on Twitter, where right now I don't really do much, but uh, like I said, at some point it's going to probably be a very valuable uh, platform for us. YouTube, where you can you get, walk. you get a like a week from me. I do, I do, and your your show gets posted there. I do, I do, and then uh, YouTube, where you can watch this, and you guys are probably going to want to go and watch this on YouTube, just uh, at the very least, just to see what you miss on the audio side. And then, uh, like I said early on, we need your questions for next month, so make sure you get those in by calling the Ask the Boys hotline at area code eight six three eight seven four zero 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 zero. So where can everybody follow the rest of you guys? 
Easiest place to get me is on Instagram, TMAC Aladino Cigars. Easiest place. Okay. I'm on uh, the Twitters at Mr. Jonathan DJ. I'm on uh, the MeWees as Mr. Jonathan. I do have and, a uh, I'm on YouTube as Mr. Jonathan, but most cigar people aren't going to be interested in all my dance videos on there. But if you are, they're on there. Some maybe. You never know. There might be some other know. dancers out there that are just, you know, doing it privately. Not quite as out with it as you are. You could say it. Yeah. Flamboyant. I wasn't going to say flamboyant. <laughs> I once anyway. did a whole podcast called Dancing with a Man. And the whole podcast was about dancing with a man. You did a podcast? Yeah. I've been doing my own podcast and YouTube shows for like 10 years, 12 years, something longer than that. Nice. Yeah, one, of them, one of them was titled Dancing with a Man. All right. That's what when you dance. Well, next yeah. time you do next time you do that episode, I want in. <laughs> Done. Done. There you go. All right. Well, guys, um, unless there's anything else, I really want to thank you both for taking time out to uh help out and answer some calls and uh give some give some actual good uh good quality answers to these things because um you know typically it's a lot of dick and fart jokes and you know whatever but but the caller stepped up they actually offered up some good questions this time and i appreciate it i think jerry probably still needs to stay away from hayden ashbury area there in san francisco i think he should yeah well jerry's led a very interesting life i'll give him that so yeah (laughs) anyway well seriously guys thank you so much for taking time out i really appreciate it our pleasure Thanks, guys. Appreciate you. Well, guys, this has been another sermon from the Cigar Pulpit. I'm Nick. And I'm Mr. Jonathan. And I'm Trey Mack. Everybody stay safe and stay smoky. I think people should put the lid end in their mouth. They might like it. So I have a story to go along with that. One of my friends, Travis, from the uh, Smoking Butts and Tap and Ash podcast, he very recently uh, did that, and uh, he did not like it. I, I only say that you might like it. I don't guarantee there'll be any liking. I just think that someone somewhere might like it. Maybe. I mean, he was people not are into fan. some weird shit. He was not a fan. The big well, go I ahead. Send you, I got to send you a video from like I don't know, fifteen years ago, um, maybe maybe that far ago. AJ Fernandez taught me a little party trick, and I did it in our store one time, and people were videoing it, and I still got it. And putting the lid into your mouth is part of the trick. Can you do it now? I like it. Not with this much. <laughs> okay. You need you need, a, you need, you need a fresh you cigar. Need, yeah. Okay. All right. Next time. Oh, I'll do it. Okay. All right. There we go. Well, guys, thank you so much.